And it's like, I'm having a kid soon, next week. And then the medical episodes one came out. And it's like, <laughs> if you're listening, you'd just be like, he's not talking about his kid at all in this. He, yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't acknowledged the birth. It happened. I'm telling you, it happened. Yeah. And, and I'm very tired. I'm very tired. Yeah. You've been tired for six weeks, haven't you? So, let's let's uh, rewind for one second. So, just re- uh, tell us again, what's the title of today's podcast, Dan? Fatherhood. Fatherhood. Expectations versus reality. Expectations versus reality. And we're doing this episode because, as previously stated, Dan is a new father of- uh, George, you want to guess the name? Or is it Taylor? Guess or close. Or is it Zach? Closer. Is it Hanson? Yes. Uh, no, Isaac, I know the name. Well, how'd you guess that? Boy, I don't know. Whoa, whoa. We're just too in sync. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, no, that was a different boy band. So, uh, Dan's a new father of now- uh, oh, Seven- s- Seven weeks. Eight week old. He's eight Eight weeks. weeks old. And I'm a father now of 13 months, I guess. What's the date today? Yeah, 13 months he is. So, uh, it's pretty exciting. My life's changed a lot since we- started this podcast you, you i guess i'm so tired right now do i <laughs> oh yeah it, it was it was mostly just a long weekend man um did the baby uh fuel said long weekend you know what i think i had a 16 hour day on saturday and then a big uh big sunday played on top back on top of optus stadium Twenty five thousand people so that was pretty cool you play guitar on the top of optus stadium goddamn fucking right i do dan crib and amazing. Uh, yeah i was probably up with him till about midnight last night um, I haven't spent a lot of time with my kid the last couple of days, my last week, because things have been quite busy. So, um, got to give give the boss a, a little bit of a break, and um, I've got to do some actual parenting. Damn, um, which involves not just like sitting on my phone all night, all day, and all night when I'm home. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, like I guess we're digressing a little bit. But today's p- podcast is the expectations versus reality of being a fatherhood from people that are approximately a year apart. In the journey of fatherhood. Yeah, and you've got people who have like a nine or a 10 year old and they're like, hey, you guys fucking know yeah. nothing. <laughs> you know but nothing. It's kind of fun. Like it's um for you and I, since you told me that you were expecting, which is probably like, I mean, like November-ish last year or- Correct. Yeah, roughly. November, December last year is when you told me. So pretty much from that point in our relationship, it's been like every time that I've seen you, there's been just conversations about- like kids and stuff, which is kind of kind of weird because before that it was just you know we talk about pop finals and we talk about TV shows that we've watched, YouTube. and it's like it's really weird for us to kind of like change, like I guess kind of quickly to be like so kid focused. Like I saw you last night, and we were eating a burrito and probably talking about kids for like forty five minutes yeah, instead nothing of else. like Shit's Creek and TV shows that we were watching on Netflix, which is kind of fun. And I guess like it's really good like, having a conversation. Having the conversation that we're you dropped your baby. <laughs> having the conversation that we're having right now is like is I think really important um, because you know even though you say like there's people with ten year olds and eighteen year olds and twenty five year olds and whatever and fifty that, year olds and fifty year olds some, some people have fifty year olds 
<laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's good like that we're in the same sort of uh, age bracket with kids about the same sort of age where we can like just bounce these ideas off each other and like actually have dad conversations. Yeah, or be like, um, uh, the soft spot on my son's head is pulsating. Should I be concerned? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it like, do you have many other friends that have kids about the same age or? More, more family. More family? Uh, it's kind of harder with, family's obviously very supportive, but it's sort of harder to like message or call a cousin at like 11 and be like, yeah, right. hey, yeah. Uh, what does this mean? Sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like immediately after having a kid, I was just invited into this club that I didn't know existed. Yeah. This, yeah. 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 It's, it's really, it's really hard to describe, but it's like, you have uh, this connection with, so like the funny thing, I think, I think I know what you're going to say, like you could meet somebody who is your idol and just have nothing to talk about. But if you meet them and they've got a kid, you can be like, I also have a kid and they're like, yeah. Oh cool, man. It's like, you yeah. Can kind of talk about. We've all been through the same sort of stuff. And, and I guess like our topic today, expectations and reality. It's, it's so, it's so funny when we've all had the experiences of like, fuck, where did this rash come from? Like got to rush into the hospital. Why is he, like, he got this fever? Like, fuck, is he chewing? Is he, is he like asleep? He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> You know, we've we've kind of all had these like really similar. Um, speaking of similarities, yeah, our sons were both born at exactly five oh seven p.m. Right? Yeah, our sons were born exactly fifty weeks apart yeah. to the minute. Was it was a five oh seven or five seventeen. It's five oh seven is what you told me. Yeah, Mine was five oh seven. Yeah, on a Thursday, and uh, yeah, exactly fifty weeks apart. Shit, how is that? It's magic. I know, but I, I, going back to what you said about the rash, the first time we had like a what do we do moment was like midnight, midweek. And he was like two weeks old and he just started vomiting. It was like gushing out of his mouth <laughs> and his nose. And then he just looked like fried. And I was like, what do we do? And he yep. vomited again. And we we're like, oh my God. So we called the after hours doctor and they ran me through this checklist. Like they asked me all these questions and I was like, oh, cool. They're going to tell me what to do. He's like, so um, based off your answers, you need to go to the uh, emergency department <laughs> immediately. And I was like, what? I was like, Why, what are you talking about? Like- what? <laughs> yeah. Which is so weird because I think like- oh, for, And by the way, it was nothing. It was nothing. It was like, what the what the heck is this after hours doctor doing? Like- Yeah. They think that they'd ask you anything and then be like, yeah, go to the doctor or go to- like, Yeah. And that's so funny that you say that because that's almost, almost the opposite experience of stuff we've had with my, with my kid. I feel like we've had a few, well, maybe not emergency phone calls in the middle of the night, but like we, we've we taken him to the child health nurse. Um, we used to, there was like a drop-in service like- only about say a five, 10 minute walk from my house. Uh, and that's where we would weigh him every sort of month and all this stuff and get his like measurements and all that. And just make, if we had any questions, we could drop in and just um, check it out. But I feel like that um, anytime, like asking doctors about, Oh, you know, he's got you know, the rash is an easy one or like, he's not doing this or he's not doing that. It's all like, no, that's fine. Yeah. That's normal. That's completely normal. normal. That's like the, the default answer that oh, I got feel like we've had arms <laughs> sprouting out of his uh, belly button. No, that's completely normal. That'll fall off in seven to eight weeks. Yeah. Which is, it's so weird, but that just seems to be, um, had, um, one of the doctors was, he told us at our six week check, he was like, and you're not feeding him solids, are you? And I was like, yeah. how many people like feed their child like potato chips and I don't know, like chocolate that that's like a real question to yeah. ask people. <laughs> and the other thing was when we got the two week home checkup, the nurse comes out and they, they check on you and how you're going and the baby and run you through everything. And she was like, and here's your, um, here's all the information on the immunizations. And she looked up and she goes, you are immunizing your child, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, don't worry. This isn't, isn't going to be a problem here. So like- 
after like almost eight weeks, so how are you feeling about everything? Everything feeling pretty good? You feel confident? You feel happy? You've been sleeping? I have, uh, yeah, like a lot of it falls back to my wife, Sarah, being amazing. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really hard balancing act between, okay, all of a sudden now I find that any free time I have is like super valuable. Yeah. And I spend like a large chunk of that time figuring out what to do with that time. And then the time's gone. It's yep. like I can spend time with Sarah or I've got this shit to do or I can spend time with Isaac or do this or do that. And then it's like, wait a minute, all the time's gone. So, or I can sleep, and which doesn't happen. First, like, first check on expectation versus reality. Like, did you sort of realize that when you, I mean- No, t- no spare time? Yeah, before. Oh, yeah. Every time I'd, t- like, I'd see you or like Scott, the guitarist <laughs> in my band, or anyone with a kid, and I'd say something and like about, oh, yeah, I'm just- Doing, I'm going out to this tonight or doing this and then it'd be like, oh, wait till the baby comes. And I'm like, that makes me feel great. Yeah, it's kind of hard because it's... um, It's, it's it, not so... Okay, I could do everything I used to do. It would just be very unfair to Sarah. Yeah, you've, and I, I, I think... um. I'm the same with my with my partner Amy, where it's like there. Unfortunately, there's times when it just it's it's difficult to be home. Like this last weekend was a pretty good example of that. So it's kind of it's it's really hard where it's like you know you do a full day's work and then um, you want time. Like, you just want to like sit down and like I don't know check your phone or something. But then it's like oh you you forget that your partner's been home for the entire day doing, yeah, and dealt with hours. all the hard work and changing like you know all the changing nappies and stuff it, that sucks. But that's not like the hard part. That's just kind of a mild inconvenience. It's like- It's, like, it's when he shits in his pants or he pisses <laughs> all over himself and then you have to change him and bath him and then he wants to feed and he won't settle and then yeah. he lose like three hours and you're like, whoa, what? And I think with um, with where Rory's at with his age, because he's super active, like he's walking around and he's, he's not quite talking, but he's saying a few words on this sort of stuff and he needs to be entertained. It's not He's not at a stage where you can just like, oh, you know, he'll just sleep. He'll sleep for- like six hours today, no problem. Um, while he's sleeping, I'll just give him a cuddle and I can just like maybe flip through a book or something, or I can sit there and, and have some time to like none of that really exists. So he kind of he demands to be entertained. <laughs> Does it feel like a chore? Um, I wouldn't say it's a chore, but it's like that's priority. And well, because like, yeah, because you you have to do it, otherwise yeah, he'll crack it right. He'll crack, and, and also I think it's like you know. Uh, just to to quickly finish that point too, uh, my partner is so much better at that than I am because I do find it really difficult sometimes to be like just crawling around on the floor and I, I don't know, it's it's not like super instinctual, I suppose, and it's probably not for everybody and for anybody anyway, but it's something that I'm like, I remember the first, like the start of this year, there was a few, uh, like maybe five days in a row where I, I was like primary, it was just like like mostly me all day. And uh, I hadn't had that time with him since he was quite young. Did you just try to have a call? Hello, um, Rory. <laughs> how, how are you today? Well, it was just kind of weird because um, like I was doing some bottle feeding with him at that point, And that was something that we, we hadn't really done up until that point. It, yeah. In addition to that, it's just like his, his routine, his daily routine. I, I wasn't used to it because I would leave and work during the day and then I'd come oh, home yeah, at night. Yeah. And so it's just really weird to go to that, that opposite and sort of see how um, how she deals with him all day and what he's like during the day. And again, in terms of attention and entertainment and all this sort of stuff, uh, I guess it's quite confronting and yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but again, that's expected. Um, maybe not. I think a big part of me felt like particularly when they're so young that they are just lumps and they are lumps that need to be fed and changed and all this sort of stuff. But like, they just don't need the entertainment side of it. 
Yeah. Um, because at what, what point did he need that? Because Isaac doesn't really. He he needs more comfort than entertainment, which can yeah. be like really kind of frustrating sometimes, but not like it's easy because it's it's a cuddle and you can watch TV for ten hours. It's not like yeah. I feel like now ten hours is a very it's that's over. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, <laughs> two hours. But yeah, um, what age? I'm not. It's, I'm not really sure. Like my partner would obviously be. She would know much better than I would because she's been with him during the day so much. Just, but just give him a Netflix account. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Well, there's a few things like that because we try not to sit him in front of the TV as much as possible and yeah, engage him. Yeah, is that, a, is that a thing? Like, because Isaac, when you watch TV, sometimes looks over at it, and it's like I don't know if your eyes should be looking at that. Buddy. Well, yeah, I think like Rory not because of for, the content on the screen, but because no. of the like the light and yeah. Well, I don't know about if well, maybe that's a problem too. I don't really think about that so much, but um, Rory for a while. Like you could have stuff on, on in the background and he wouldn't really acknowledge it because it would be either he'd be asleep and he wouldn't wake up from the TV or he would just kind of like stare off into the distance. And because you, you forget like when they come out, they don't know anything. They don't know how to think. They don't know how to absorb information, which is why they cry so much and so confused. <laughs> he's trying and, but, to like watching Isaac trying. He doesn't know how to poo properly. So yeah. he's kind of like, he's trying to work that out. He's like, ah, oh, I'm fucking so angry. Mm. Just fucking, he gets the hiccups and he gets so angry at that as well. Yeah. When he became a lot more mobile, I think that was a problem because you when just, the other day, you got to be careful with everything. You can't like yeah, everything has to be locked up and yeah. I mean, Rory, oh, man, I've got stories. Tim was a knife story. Oh no, we'll talk, maybe tell that one later. <laughs> no, like there's just he's so he's so active and he's so mobile that you just yeah you have to lock everything up. All the cupboards have to be locked. Um, one quick story. Um, he's got one cupboard in the kitchen that we used to keep a lot of Tupperware in, and we would let him go into that cupboard because there was nothing in there that could really hurt him. So I was doing the dishes on like a Sunday morning and he was in the cupboard. And I'm like, Oh, it's fine. He's like, there's a few like containers in there. That's, that's fine. We can just wash those and chuck them back in the cupboard. And it's not going to be a problem. And I was probably washing the dishes and like, he was behind me and I just, I would look over every 20 seconds and it's fine. He's just playing around, he's playing around. And then I went to pick him up to take him upstairs and I was like, all right, we'll go see mom. And I picked him up and it's like, what have you got in your mouth? And, and I was kind of like looking there was like these little plastic things. What the fuck is that? And what he'd done somehow is the, the shelves in the, the bracket, the little support. Yeah. The little plastic support brackets for the shelves. Somehow he'd taken them out and was chewing two of them. And the scary thing was he was chewing two of them. The third, like a third one was stuck in the shelf already, like still. And then the fourth one was gone. Dun, dun. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, because he swallowed it. Oh, my God. And I mean, he hadn't. Apparently, we that shelf, it was always missing one of these little brackets, so it wasn't the wasn't previous a uh, The previous owner's child ate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a thing where it's like, cool. So, you think of everything where you, you put locks and stuff on all the um, the drawers. Like, we took the uh, the handles off the drawers in the kitchen because he was trying to climb up them. Really? Yeah, which that was that was the whole thing. It was like trying to use him as a ladder um, or he'd start pulling him out and that's a, he can get his fingers caught and stuff. So that was bad. But we locked all the other kitchen cupboards because he could get in there. Uh, you know, you put little things in the corners, coffee tables, and you think, yeah, this is fine. What can he do now? That's the sort of thing where you know that they're going to be difficult. I don't think I'd expected him to be doing that by, I mean, nine months even oh, is probably shit. when he started. So I got to get ready. Because well, Rory started walking in about 10 months. And that's kind of when, like 10 to 12 months is generally when they start walking, maybe a little bit and earlier. 13 to 14 is when they eat plastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much where he was at uh, at that point. And that's where things like really started to change. But like, even before that, he, was, um, he wasn't shy. Like he'd be crawling all over the place and trying to crawl under the coffee table. In 10 minutes, my kid will have pulled all of the books out of the bookshelf. 
um, all of his toys out. The entire like entire floor is just covered in stuff, and the kitchen as well. Everything is just like a mess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I expected that from two. Not uh, like not what, nine months. Yeah, not nine months or even younger. Man, so. I wasn't expecting that. Jesus. Yeah, it, it was Stop a lot. Stop the man. podcast. I got to go home and sort <laughs> some shit out. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you got you got a little bit of time, but it's um. But again, like going back to what I said right at the start, it's kind of, it's good to be able to talk about this stuff with other dads too, because there's, you know, there's mother's groups and stuff, which my partner's been going to mother's group since maybe six or, or maybe eight weeks or something like that. I, I know I went to the first or the second meeting, they had like four of them and then they- Did they give you a look? I got a little bit of a look, but that were, that were nice. It wasn't like it was aggressive, but I, I went to one of them just because it was like, it's technically it's a parent's group, it's not like a mother's group, but right, certainly yeah. it was overwhelmingly mother's. And um and I sort of only went. Was to there lot. like you walked in? There's one dad. His eyes light up and just kind yeah. of pokes his head up and looks at you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was funny, but like you know, so they're, they're all nice people. Um, and they've they're still kind of talking. Like they've got like a WhatsApp conversation now that they're still talking. Um, which is which is kind of cool. It's probably like maybe half a dozen or more. Um, but there's like the the support is maybe not the same for dads. Uh, and but I do don't, we really need as much support? I think so. It's a it's a huge adjustment for both people. I'm not saying we need more um, or even equal. It's good to have these conversations. And uh, even if it's kind of formal, just to like, to know that we've all been through the same shit. Um, And it is very different to what women go through as well, because I I think like, it's certainly not as difficult. Like the, the stress on your body, like, Oh my fucking God. Like if nothing else like that, I think that's just so. Yeah. Well, it's like more like, so think of it like this. I, first like week or so when I would get up at like three in the morning to feed him or I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm, oh, you know, like you're really tired and you're grumpy and yep. and then I like you just think like, you know, if you have to do that and you've got a cold or something, it makes yep. it so much worse. Yep. And I was just thinking um, Sarah had a emergency C-section. Yep. Like if I had to have major surgery and then a week later I was getting up at three in the morning to feed him, I would just be like, no, nah, I'm done. I can't fucking, I can't I deal with this. You kind of like give up. And, right. you know, I've um like watching Amy go through all this, that sort of stuff too. Like they're just hard. Like as in they are fucking tough people to do that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's- um. I was I, like in the, when they had the C-section, I was in the operating theater and I was like, oh fuck, I'm so glad this isn't me. <laughs> yeah, birth stories. So, so yeah, we're talking about- before about like nothing goes to plan. Yep. Nothing goes to plan. You can't plan anything. Hey. No. It's like, so- expectations i was expecting the unexpected but even that doesn't go to plan yep like we bounce between sarah bounce between a c-section and natural birth and um like before like as in what you wanted yeah in the lead up and then she booked a c-section and last minute was like oh no we'll try natural so like got induced and then there was a full day of like labor um and then after like 12 hours we had nurse because all day she was hooked up to all these machines that monitor the baby's heart rate and the contractions and it got and when did you go in hospital like a wednesday night wednesday night and she right. got induced and then thursday the thursday the next day like 3 p.m yeah they had the nurses coming coming in they come and check every once in a while they kept coming in more frequently and like whispering things and i was like yeah. what is going on and they're like they were like looking concerned and like tearing off the results and looking at it and like going in and out and i was like oh what the heck and then they kept trying to move Sarah around in the bed. And whenever she had a contraction, they were like really concerned. And it was like, what the, what's like, what is this? And then anyway, they called the doctor and they were like, yeah. So every time you have a contraction, 
he's being pushed down because his mm-hmm. head was facing down onto the umbilical cord and he's not getting any oxygen or blood. And it's oh, like, right. oh, okay. And they're like, we need to cut him out. And I was like, what? <laughs> so then we went and did that. And then that was like just the most intense thing ever because it's like, is he okay? What's going on? Yep. Um, and then like, yeah, just cut her open, rip him out. And then he's there. Yep. And it's just weird and stressful. And it's like the most intense, like n- normal labor is pretty intense. But then when it's like, all right, we need to go now. Surgery, he's out in five minutes. It's just like so many emotions. Like what the, f- what is going on here? Yep. And then, yeah, it was like fine. It was all normal and good. Yep. But there's like five, 10 minutes where you're like, oh no, like this is terrible. And I didn't even have to have surgery, major surgery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, while she was in labor, like went and had like a shower and a nap and came back. I was like, what's going on? And they're like, we need to go. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It seems, well, yeah, that was, that was sort of how it happened for us. It was like all going to plan and then nah. Yeah. Shit needs to happen now. Yeah. And I was like, can we please make it uh, before 5.07? Uh, I've got a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was yeah, it was pretty intense. And then afterwards, you guys stayed in hospital for a few days, right? Yeah, we were private. So we had like five days in hospital. Yep. And it was like Sarah's wound was doing really well for a C-section. And then like a week after, we went for like a checkup. Like when we were discharged from hospital, she went for a checkup for something else. And yep. she was like, oh, can you look at the wound? And then she wound up back in hospital for five days with an infection. So, <laughs> right as we were like, we got this, the schedule was good, yep. you know, he's breastfeeding, da 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 da. And then it was like, well, because of the, because of the antibiotics, he couldn't breastfeed. So, he had to go on formula. Mm-hmm. And then there wasn't enough milk supply. And so, then he gets an upset tummy from mixing. And it's like, you know, everything's going well. And then just something happens where you're just like, oh. And again, it's all. I can't really complain because Sarah's the one who has to, who's had to deal with all this. Yep. And I'm just kind of like, oh, where's my Game Boy? (laughs) (laughs) Our experience was like, I guess a bit different to that, but similar in so many ways. Like, um, and particularly afterwards and everything, because we didn't have infections and stuff to deal with. Yeah. It was funny, like, because for us, the entire time, because yeah, you you said you basically, you knew when he was going to come out, right? Like yeah, within yeah, yeah. A, a, the space of a couple of days, you kind of figured when he was going to yeah, because they're out. like you booking for an induction, yeah, and then see what happens. For us, he was due on the fifteenth of June, and I just figured that there was no way he was going to come out on that date, and he's probably going to come out like a week later. That was what I'd heard because the most first babies like never show up on time; they're always like late. The fifteenth was a Saturday. Uh, I'd booked a gig that night and it was the it was actually the Dockers game so I was playing on the, the roof of the stadium so I had that that booked um, earlier in the week on the Monday night um, someone asked me to do a gig on the Friday and I was like well yeah I may as well I'll, I'll book that Friday in as well the 14th and of course he decided to pop out on the Thursday <laughs> so the ambulance flew or something that was kind of leaking out and that was on the Wednesday morning. So we were, we went into hospital to, to check everything was okay. And they're like, yeah, he's basically got to come out in like the next 24 hours. Sort of thing, like, 48 Can we hours. delay this? I've got a couple of gigs <laughs> yeah. this weekend. That, uh- and I was like, okay, cool. So they said, go home, come back tonight, which we did. So we, this is like eight, eight o'clock is when we went to hospital in the morning and they're like, you know, go home. So I went and worked. I had to teach some classes, finished that, came home like one o'clock. 
Were you like, and did you have your phone on like <clears throat> vibrate or loud? And oh, like, look, oh. Oh, not really because I was like, well, this is what's happening. You know, they were pretty confident like it wasn't going to be immediate sort of thing. So I'm just like, you're, you're going to come in. He's going to he's going to come out tonight. What if he just keeps trying to claw his way yeah. out? Well, that's clearly what he was trying to do the first time. But he, um, so we ended up going into hospital. Like I got home from work. We went to hospital about seven o'clock that night. And they were like the whole time like, oh, yeah, cool. He's, he'll probably come out in the next couple of hours. I'm like, fuck, all right. Um, and then it wasn't until th- about 3 a.m. that uh, my partner's waters like properly broke. And um, then we went into like the birthing suite after that. But um, she had to be induced because after the fluid leaks, you've only got like a certain period of time before you risk infection. So he had, yeah. to, come, he had to come out then and there. Yeah, so she was induced. All of that is like so difficult. Um, and- Amy, I'm really sorry, but hopefully you're okay with me talking about this. But um, I, I was just thinking, I was like, how yeah. much stuff should I be saying? Yeah, well, and what look, have I already said that's like not appropriate? The um, <laughs> the drugs for the for induction are really severe. Uh, what's it called? Sarah had, I don't know. Sarah it's, had an epidural before that, so okay. she, she didn't for like 12 hours. She was like, I don't think I'm having contractions, and they're like, see that machine? Yeah, that machine's telling us that if you didn't have drugs, you would be in so much pain right now. And well, she's like, no, nah, I don't think so. Well, that's basically what happened with Amy because she was on. So she probably had this, these drugs at like six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, something like that. There's this, I think it's Sintosin. I'll check that. It sounds familiar. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what they, that's the drug that on induces, uh, it must've been on a drip. Yeah. And, um, it's so painful. Um, and Amy said that the, the best way she can describe it is like, um, it's like you, when you have these contractions, your entire body is telling you to push, 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 like with everything you can. But if the baby's, like you said before, if the baby's not like in the right position, then it's like either it's not going to come out or if you do keep pushing, it's, it's gonna, dangerous for yeah, the mother both. and for the baby. So um, you have to hold it, hold it, hold it. And Ugh. so, and she said the best way to describe it is like you need to take a huge shit, um, but you just have to stop, have to stop, have to stop. And um, I was like, oh, fuck, that sounds really bad. But uh, to make it worse, that happened every three minutes. For how long? Uh, until she decided to have the epidural. So three hours. Why'd she wait so long? Um, I don't know. I think, um, there was, there was a reason for it. I think, um, she was hoping to go natural without it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but again, I have to check with her. Um, but let's got- both listen to this and be like, remove that, remove this, remove that, yeah. remove that. Well, the thing is with an epidural, that. an epidural is like, it's obviously safe, but it's still like pretty severe. Like the, if no one knows what an epidural is, it's like they chuck a needle in your spine. Yeah. And I didn't know that when we, um, when yeah, we had the While they're classes, doing it, they're like, they're telling you. Oh, I know. I think it's either they tell you what they're doing it, or they make you sign a form that's like, uh, you can be paralyzed. But yeah. and Sarah was—that's that's all she was thinking about. They're like, this can paralyze you, and it's like it's unlikely. But when they say it can, in your mind, you're like, oh crap. Yeah. And Amy wasn't necessarily that fearful of that, but I think it was like, oh look, if we can get away with not doing it, then let's just let's do it. You know, like let's go natural. But the pain was like so severe. So she ended up having the, having the epidural, but it wasn't like he wasn't born till that afternoon. So she had the epidural probably like 10 o'clock and he took another seven hours to come out after that and came out naturally. And it was a a big thing, but because we were in public, um, the hospital shuts at eight or like eight o'clock for visitors. Yeah. Was that, was that hard? You had to leave. Was that like, I I, I couldn't imagine leaving the hospital. It was, well, this is really weird. There's a few things that happened during the birth that Amy still hasn't forgiven me for. Um, and, the first one was that like, while she was in massive pain, like I was <laughs> trying to have a sleep because we'd been up for 24 hours or something at that point. And, and like, I was kind of told that a lot through the process, there's like, literally there's nothing you can do. Like, and you probably the same. You just have to wait. 
you know, like you can comfort and stuff, but then that's, that's it. Um, and I think we were both like so stressed out and everything like, and for me, I was just like, all right, there's a midwife in there and I'm not doing anything. And someone said like, just, I think Amy even said like, just go like lay down or something like that. So I did. And I probably had maybe like 90 minutes of very uninterrupted, like not actual sleep. You know, when you just like you're resting your head, you're still like very much awake, but you've got your eyes closed. Yeah, yeah. So I was that like that for a while, but I kind of got up and I was like, oh, I think there's like a little cafe. <laughs> um, I'm just going to bail. I'm going to go get like some coffees and bring back. And, and I'm sure at the time they were like, fine, do, do whatever you want because I can't fucking do anything. And then I found out later that um, I, ca- I came back and I was like, oh, I just had this really nice breakfast like at the little hospital cafe. And Amy told me ages like well after she's like, she was so pissed off <laughs> that I'd done that. Fair but, enough. Yeah. Which is uh, maybe I wouldn't do that now, but I made a lot of mistakes in the, those first few weeks. And that was probably the first big one. That night he was born seven minutes past five and we had to clear, I had to clear out of the hospital by like sort of eight o'clock. So yeah, it was, it was wild. You know, I got to see my kid and I got to give him a little cuddle and I got to change him and, um, and go, go through all that sort of stuff. And then Amy went to her room. She was in a room with, I think there's only one of the lady there. Um, but there's probably like six beds or something. So we were on opposite corners of this thing and, you know, uh, Amy was in there for a couple of days. Um, but kind of, they were like, Oh look, since he just came out, you can stay a little bit longer. So it was eight, eight thirties when they kicked me out and I was like, cool, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Was Amy but like, don't was, leave? Was she like worried about? She was okay at the time, but um, there was like nothing like that was the rules. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck, all right, well, I'm a dad now. And I had a couple of photos. I was just like staring at my phone before I, I went to sleep. But I was like, I drove home. I was like so hungry. So I got Nando's on the way home and I like sat on my couch at probably like nine o'clock, just eating this Nando's being like, fuck, I've got a kid. That's- Expectations versus reality. Yeah. And then I, um, I went to bed and I've got this sleep tracker app. So I put the app on and I was like, I had something like I got up the next day at maybe like 7am and I had like 100% sleep um, from for 10 hours straight. And I was just like, oh my God. And I I took a screenshot and I sent it to her. Okay. That was the, was that the second mistake you made? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why would you do that? Well, I was like, oh, look, I feel so much. I was thinking about myself. Oh man, I feel so much better. I wasn't trying to rub it in, but I was like, oh, I had such a good sleep. And she's like, not good, not a good idea. I did not have a very good night. I said, really? I said, yeah, he was just up every like hour or something like that. And he just wanted to feed and he was crying. And it was just really, really stressful because she had to deal with the entire brunt of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like there was nothing, but again, there's nothing I could do about that because I wasn't allowed to be in the hospital. Yeah, but you could, maybe don't rub it in. Well, I didn't think of it like that. The, I wasn't um, thinking about, about, about the, the, the it. The first night we had Isaac, he slept like all night, like- that's what I was expecting he, yeah. was going to happen. No, and, too, yeah, he you know? slept and I was like, oh my God, this baby's amazing. Yeah. He sleeps through the night. And then um, we told a midwife and he kind of laughed like, yeah, yeah. fucking, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then the next few nights it was like, oh my God, he's not sleeping. Help us. We did the same thing um, after a few weeks when I think he started, the first two weeks were pretty tough, but then he got, he went down and he'd, he'd be sleeping through the night and we're like, oh my God. The phrase that kept coming up was he's a unicorn baby. Because apparently that's one that sleeps and does everything that you want. Like they're so rare. And I was a um, unicorn baby. Apparently, oh, you were. Yeah, apparently, like I could, like um, my mom was saying they'd go to like parties and everyone had kids and like yeah. they'd go in the room and she'd settle me in like five minutes, come out and all the other mothers would be in there for like and hours. She'd have four more because of it. Yeah, it got worse each time. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, 
it's funny. Every parent I know has basically set, like at some point said the same thing. Oh yeah, they sleep really well. And like, including us and you guys too. And it's funny that that changes. So I remember when you said, I was like, we'll see how long that lasts. And I was like, part of me was like, okay, cool. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening to him as well. This is another thing we'll bond over. Just you know, being misery loves company pretty much. But I was going to say quickly, I'll wrap my story up, but um, the, so the next day, I didn't cancel my gig because Amy was still in hospital for a few days. So I, um, I left the hospital and went and played a gig that night, played a duo gig until about midnight. And then the next day I still didn't cancel the Dockers gig um, because it was all kind of very short notice and it was a hard thing to cancel. So I ended up picking her and my son up from the hospital, getting home, staying for less than five minutes and then leaving. <laughs> and I went and did a gig and I came back like that afternoon. And, um, yeah. And I think part of that, oh, I, I probably wouldn't do that now, but it didn't feel like a problem at the time. I, I think it took my brain a little bit longer to, to like really understand what it meant. Yeah. Well, also cause you went home after that, it, it was different me for me because I was there the whole time we were private Yeah, and like, I, I couldn't leave. We couldn't leave. If I left the hospital for any reason, I would then be, cause I was a patient. Mm. If I left and came back, I'd be classed as a visitor. So I couldn't leave. So I think for me from the start, there was more this sense of like, this is everything now. Yep. Not like, you know, if I'd, if I'd gone home, it kind of, it, it, it'd be so weird. I couldn't imagine doing that, like being Man. forced to leave and that kind of, then you've, you've kind of, it's this weird separation or like, you know. It was like, it was very difficult for Amy because again, she was, had the entire brunt of responsibility uh, for those, particularly for those first few days. It was honestly uh, incredible to get a really good sleep because it was the last one I had for like the longest time. Um, it's just really amazing, uh, not amazing. It's it's really kind of weird to think that Amy never had that luxury from like the Wednesday morning when she woke up at like two o'clock in the morning to now to, well, maybe not so now, but like for <laughs> certainly for weeks and weeks after that, she just didn't sleep. And, um, that's, that's kind of really hard to believe and comprehend. I think. Yeah. I know you're um, like, uh, and there's probably been some times in this podcast where it's like, I don't know if I've been whinging or not, but I have it so easy. Yeah. Like I have it so easy. It's like crazy, stupid. Like, yeah, I do. I do some of the night shift and that, but like, it's sorry. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's actually ludicrous expectations versus reality. What is your, what was your main expectation and how'd that turn out? Um, I, I don't know. I think it was, I expected to not sleep very much and I expected my, like my own, uh, selfish kind of hobbies and whatnot to just evaporate. And they kind of did. But I think when you talking about things like sleep, you don't really realize how difficult it is until you have a few nights in a row of it. We had it a few weeks ago too, where even after a year, he's, he was a bit sick and um, it was fucking hell, mm. you know, and I hadn't really experienced that level of sleep deprivation uh, before. And it's, it's one thing to talk about how bad it's going to be, but then when you actually like have to live through it and be like, oh my God, fuck, how, I just can't, I can't live, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. What about you? I don't know. It's like- I think I over-prepared, not over-prepared, but I was like, I, I overthink things. And mm-hmm. so I was like, when the baby comes, that's all my life's going to be is this baby, which is like kind of true, but kind of not true. So 
I think, I don't know what I've learned. <laughs> I don't know what my expectations, my expectations were, no sleep, this is going to be hard. Yep. But it's like easier and I think that's because of Sarah. Like, Yeah, I think like having, for us at least, as dumb dads, like having yeah, my, competent I gonna, partners I, makes I just, a difference. Like, it's, been, it's, been, it's been what I expected. And, um, and you know why? It's because people like yourself was saying, kept saying, expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. So if I hadn't spoke to you or Scott, the guitarist from a band, yeah, about any of this, I would have, you know what I mean. So now, now when something happens that I don't, I don't expect, I'm like, well, I, I expect this because. Well, here's I'll throw one more at you that was told to me um, by what a, a terrible people. answer. I get to the end of the podcast and it's like I don't know. That's my answer. Yeah. Um, one one last thing is uh, it's it's been said to me a couple of times that um, when you get into a routine that you're comfortable with, uh, that's when everything changes again. No, yo, yo, goody. Yeah, so be prepared for that because the end of last year, we were in a situation where like he was always getting up at like about seven o'clock in the morning and it was awesome. So like we would put him down at say like, you know, six o'clock at night, 6.30 oh. at night. Um, he would get up during the night and that was bad, but my partner would get up, give him a quick feed and then he'd, he'd be up at seven o'clock, no problem. And mm-hmm. we went to Adelaide to visit her family and when we got back- his wake-up so time his changed to got thrown off. Yep, changed to five o'clock, and it was five o'clock wake-ups for months and months and months after that. And he's only just started getting up again about seven seven thirty. He has probably once a week where he sleeps more than um, like four or five hours at once. So he might sleep between midnight and say like six, but otherwise he's up like pretty regularly um, at at certain times. And um, yeah, it's 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 hard. Some like. Yeah, just having like a solid good night's sleep is hasn't been like possible for a, a little while. And then when you can you add your work and all that sort of stuff onto it as well. Yeah, you also wonder like, okay, the one thing that I'm now saying is like, what the fuck did I do with all that time I used to have? Oh man, like, I, what did I had like whole weekends where I had nothing on? Like, what did I do? Well, the thing is, like, you're also you've been a dad a hundred percent of the time during COVID. So it's not like there has been a lot of stuff out there that you could oh, yeah. that you could have done. Like, you know, back this time last year or, or earlier, you I know you're always going to gigs, um, you're always like going to shows, anything like that. But obviously none of that exists anymore mm. and won't for a while. Well, so I, I couldn't do as much as I used to anyway. Um well yeah, like that would be yeah. You you'd probably would feel a bit more, I think, if the options were there that you were missing out on. Yeah. Um, like movie premieres or whatever it would be. You'd be like, uh like I've I've felt some of that too, where it's like, you know, us recording every like once a week at the moment. Whereas like maybe in the past we could go a bit later or start a little bit earlier. It's like, uh, if I do this session tonight, I can't do another one like this this week because yeah. it's just not not doable. You know, you've got to like It's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair because again, we we um particularly for me, like I was out yesterday from eight thirty AM and I got home at like ten thirty PM. Like a, what is that, a fourteen hour day? Shit. Which is like it's a fucking long day, you know. I, I can't like make my partner have that responsibility for um like seven days a week. Whereas maybe in the past where it was like, all right, peace. I'm going to go work and I'll see you when I get home. You know, you've got to prioritize differently. So. And you also don't want to miss out on stuff. Uh, I'm just kind of come at, I'm at peace with that now. Like, you know, I, and you know, I had a really nice morning with my son this morning, which I haven't had for a few days, if not even longer than that, maybe a week or a week and a half, two weeks, um, because I've had quite a lot of work to, to do. So I kind of just want this, 
yeah. like time to like hang out and just like play with him and you know watch him run around the house and give him a cuddle and that sort of stuff that's kind of become a little bit more important and more of a priority which I'll, I guess I was expecting that but then to like you know the 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 expectation versus like actually like living through it and like having the feeling where uh, as opposed to like thinking you're going to have the yeah, feeling yeah. is really different so yeah. yeah damn so that's where we're at damn well uh, it's only a matter of time until you hear our sons having their own podcast. Mm-hmm. They'll call it Our Dad Suck. Yeah. Our Dad Sucks. Our Dad Sucks. That's a weird name for a podcast. We'll keep workshopping that one. It's, it'll be a podcast about dummies. About well, about us being dummies. I'm well, talking no, about when they're older. I mean more like the uh, dummies I'm, that I'm, you suck. I'm talking, remember before I said some people have 50-year-olds? I'm, I'm talking about that. Like, right. We'll be old and they'll be doing that. When you're in your 70s and 80s. Yeah, and, and, they'll, and they'll be 50 and they'll be doing podcasts. Yeah. My dad... You know, I really just want to spend time with him, but all he wanted to do was podcast. Yeah, he's, he was just pod, He was talking when he wasn't with me. He was talking about being with me. <laughs> all right, well, let's fucking get out of let's here. Let's get out of here. Well, if you like the podcast, that's cool. Check out the other amazing programs on the Handshake Media Network. Go to thepodcasts.com.au. Check them all out. Green Room. With? Neil. Who? Griffiths. Yes! <laughs> We did it. Um, Neil, oh Neil, you're going to love this when you hear this. I'm so excited for you to hear this. What's that other one? The other one you've got the you got the take? Is that the the one with that other person? Yep, that yep. yep. You nailed that one as well, buddy. And then there's there's, there's more. We don't want to give it all away. We don't want to give them all away in the Handbrake Media. Yeah, that's you're doing so good. You're doing so good. So thanks again to the Handshake Media Network. Oh, is that what it was? You've now confused Handy. me. Um and we'll be back with another uh, titillizing episode of that sucks. titillating titillating t- episode of that sucks in the near future um okay bye see you later <laughs>